It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. We are a little over a week away from the kickoff of the 2022 and 2023 season for the Tricky Slick Track Race uh, League at Joe's Carding. That starts Tuesday, November 1st. So actually, as this uh, gets published, we are going to be exactly one week away. You can get involved in that. Just go over to Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, get signed up for it, show up that night. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock, and you do not be late. Oh, that's bad. Get there at 6.30. I think they do hot laps and uh, practice sessions, so you can get the hang of the racetrack a little bit early, get that, uh, that car figured out just a little bit, and then go out and compete. Uh, it's a great time. I'll tell you, I mean, it's obviously Joe's Carding's a sponsor of the show, so we're going to talk positive about them. But um, if it wasn't a good time, I wouldn't be talking about it. You know, you know the old adage, you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Um, do, you, do you have to take your own cooler or is the bar open? Well, they strongly encourage no drinking at, uh, at the Slick Track series. Uh, but afterwards, you could always go over to Quaker Steak and Lube and enjoy a nice cold one. Uh, that's where we're at tonight. We just finished up our Adams County Speedway Track Champions interviews. Well, we finished up a couple of them. I actually had to message one of the uh, track champions. I believe his name is John Berg, your sport compact track champion at Adams County Speedway, and uh, kind of didn't get back to John about getting him scheduled for the night. We initially scheduled the Adams County Speedway interviews. Uh, so we're working on getting him back on the show, and uh, we'll get that out by the time we're going to be playing those interviews. But we got to sit down with... Austin Paul, the B-Mod track champion, Jesse Dennis, the modified track champion, and Brad Deary, the stock car track champion, still working on getting John, like we talked about with the Sport Compacts, and uh, Luke Ramsey, who uh, ended up uh, had needing to reschedule because he got stuck working late. Uh, I don't know who, Luke owns a hay grinding business. I don't know how he ended up working late for as much rain as we got in the area on Monday. Well, maybe with it drying out this afternoon, maybe he's trying not to get too far behind. Maybe, absolutely. But anyways, uh, get down to Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, our next recording session is going to be just after the Phoenix viewing party. So November here's your 7th. schedule. November 6th, we're going to be at Quaker Steak and Lube for the Phoenix championship party. We're going to crown a champion for the NASCAR Pick'ems contest presented by Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Then we're going to come back the next night. We're going to do the Eagle Raceway Track Champions, which... Um, Jordan Grabowski takes out two of the interviews because he won the modified and the tra in the in the stock car track championship. Doubled down there. I've got confirmations from Matt Andrews and I'm trying to think who else I got Danley. confirmations from. Um, yes, J uh, Joey Danley actually did. A pr uh, I was pretty shocked when he was able to join us because he's a uh, I think he's a nurse over an overnight nurse at a hospital locally. Mm. So he's a lot of times it's difficult for him to be able to get off and uh, and come join us. But he's going to be joining us on Monday, November seventh, and then we're going to do the Triple Atomic Challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube. Um, so we hope you guys come down. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. A busy couple of days for us, but uh, as we get into the holiday season, busy days is how it goes. You think the race season ends and things are going to get a lot easier? Yeah, it's uh, it gets a lot more boring. But, I mean, we're having enough excitement with NASCAR here at the end of the day. Not a, not a scuttlebutt going on, you know, well into Christmas. And, yeah, it, uh, it seems like they're, uh, they're doing a really good job of staying in the constant news, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And typically, lately, it's been a bad thing. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily good or bad, but it, uh, I personally think some of the stuff's kind of stupid. You and me both. Absolutely stupid. Let's get into some headlines before we talk about the results from Homestead at Miami Speedway. Do we even talk about this? Or can we just let this all go away? Bubba Wallace <laughs> apologized to his teammate Christopher Bell. There. There we go. We said it. We're done. Still hasn't apologized to Kyle Larson. I don't think that's coming. I don't think Kyle Larson is holding his breath for an apology, but Christopher Bell got one. Cole Custer's penalty. Remember, we kind of talked about this. I thought during the playoffs when an... When a penalty is appealed, it's held, it's heard very quickly. Uh, this was a penalty that was appealed back. Uh, it was uh, issued back on October 11th, 
and then appealed, what was the wording they used? Vigorously? Vigorously. Uh, Stuart Haas Racing vigorously appealed the penalty, and it's finally going to be heard by NASCAR on uh, Thursday, October 27th, while the teams are at, uh, looks like... Martinsville. Yeah, they'll, they'll more than likely hear it at the racetrack, even though it's on the Thursday. We'll see. Actually, I think they show up. They Cup Series guys usually show up on Friday, right? Nowadays. Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Depending on if they're going to have any practice or not. Well, we'll talk about that coming up on Thursday's show. But, but I mean, Martinsville's a few-hour drive from Charlotte. It's true. not like, you know, they got to jump in. The guys that have the jets will jump in their jets and helicopters. Yeah. But. Uh, A.J. Elmendinger snags another top-ten finish, solidifying his best streak of his career. He's really doing some amazing things <clears throat> over there, and deservingly so. I mean, he's a talented young man. He's He's just... I wish he would have gotten a little bit different opportunities. Well, but. I was looking the other day after Noah Gregson won at Homestead, and they had uh, <laughs> I gave him eight wins. Yeah. And then uh, Almondinger's got five. I think Ty Gibbs has five. So more than half the season is wins are divided on three drivers. Wow. A couple of things with that. Yeah, this is the conversation of with, uh, I believe, Caleb Racing in the 16 machine in the Cup Series. He's doing fantastic things with those guys. And I think if I'm maybe speaking for yourself, you're giving a lot of credit to the new cars, the reason why we're seeing the middle, mid-tier to, to, to low-marker teams having more success this year than they've had in the previous years. I'm not giving it to those teams. I'm giving it to the drivers because they're not having to learn a new car. Yeah. You know? Kevin Harvick's been through about five different cars in his yeah. career, wasn't and he's it, having to learn another new one. Wasn't it, AJ, that we talked about, who was it we talked about at Kansas that one time, and, and he had a year in the old car, and then he was switching to a new car? That was, uh, oh. Uh, kind of a smaller driver yeah, like AJ. he drives the, the Brandt car, the number seven. In uh, the, Justin Allman. Allgaier. Allgaier, yeah. Yep, that was Allgaier. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, it's, it, you learn those old habits. And, and then you've got to relearn a car. So, it, it, yeah, it would be interesting to see what, what happens with that. AJ is going to be in the, in the cup car next year full-time. Mm -hmm. So Let's see. Post-race inspection of Homestead is complete. Looks like the 7 of Corey LaJoy, the 77 of Landon Castle, and the 78 of BJ McLeod all headed to the NASCAR R&D Center for further evaluation. Engine now, evaluation. That's what was – if you look at that, it specifically says engines. And that's – Unique, because normally they don't worry about engine stuff that much. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You caught that. Well, I, when I, I saw those numbers, and I said, why are they taking these guys? What I, what I honestly think NASCAR is going to do with this is I think they're going to evaluate those three engines because, again, as you just talked, they're, they're mid-level teams at best. And yeah. B.J. McLeod, he's, he's an independent, so he's a little lower. But I think they're going to horsepower those guys out, dyno those cars, and see exactly how far they are behind the big boys. Yeah. Uh, and maybe make some kind of correction. Allow them to make some changes to their engines? No. Or it, to the cars? It'll probably be something to... Well, they're going to try and equalize it. Yeah. I mean, if there's a 50 horsepower spread, that's why B.J. McLeod's running two laps down at the end of every race. Right. So they might try and, you know, whether they'll... Pull a few horsepower out of the bigger boys, you know, electronically, you know, back the timing off or whatever through the mm -hmm. ECM. It, it's hard saying what they'll do. The big conversation, I had a lot of, a couple of people uh, message me about this today. Tony Stewart is going to make his NHRA drag racing debut at Las Vegas. I believe that's this coming weekend. Yes. And uh, Travis Johnson, who is a, a, a good friend and, and a big supporter of the show. I really appreciate Travis. Um, he's had him and I have had a lot of conversations. He's kind of on the bandwagon. The I guess I shouldn't say bandwagon, but he feels that Tony Stewart's about to make an exit from NASCAR. And <laughs> for Tony to give up his cash cow, he's going to have to find something to replace those. I mean, what a couple million dollars a year he probably makes from Stewart Haas Racing sponsorships and, and the way he's able to branch his dirt track sprint car teams, his series, his racetracks, everything that he's involved with. Tony Stewart's got too much invested in going in circles to, to kick it all to the curb to go in a straight line once in a while. Here's what I see. And this Tony's, isn't even a top fuel car. He's just going to be in an alcohol dragster. Tony Stewart is a guy who, he'll literally, you give him an opportunity, he'll race anything. 
Absolutely. He wants he's he's just a guy and a lot of drivers are like that. They they would be interested in going to try it out anything. And we've documented it, it's been well noted. His his wife is big in NHRA. He's got a team put together. He's going and giving it a shot. That's all this is. I think this the, the only thing that gives me hesitation is that a lot of times you look back on when when a big announcement is made and you see the little stories that kind of popped up. The fact that that Jenna Fryer article popped up, what, two weeks ago, uh, that Gene Haas and Tony Stewart were having a, a disagreement on who's going to drive the 41 next year. Um, and then Tony's frustrated with NASCAR. And again, I'll, I'll say it till the day I die. Shocker there. Tony's <laughs> mad at NASCAR. I mean, good Lord. He's been mad at Sunco Fuel. He's been mad at Goodyear. I mean, I love the guy. It's been well documented. I, he's, he's my favorite driver. He's the reason why I got into NASCAR. But it's no surprise to me Tony Stewart's mad at NASCAR. And for the reasons why he's mad, I don't think he's going to walk away. He's got every right to be mad. They penalized his drivers, what, two weeks in a row or two out of the three weeks between Kevin Harvick and, and Cole Custer. He's in a bad situation with, with those two guys and, and obviously the four team getting penalized for man, modifying single source parts. But I don't see anything that he's going to say. I'm getting out of the sport, especially when you're at the top of the... Well, you're one of the top-tier teams, but Stuart Haas Racing is definitely on some hard times right now. Right. They're, uh, you know, it almost reminds me a little bit of Roush, you know. Mm-hmm. A Roush was at the top and then starting, slowly slid. Um, but this new car, I think, has had a lot to do with that. But I'm sure there's plenty of contracts in place. Um, they just f- signed Al Marola for another year with Smithfield. You know, there, there's a lot of moving parts that, you know, now if, if uh, Gene Haas buys him out, maybe that happens. Yeah. Maybe Tony, you know, goes away. But I don't see Stuart Haas racing collapsing in any way, shape, or form. And, and if I'm Gene Haas, I had a team before Tony. Tony came in as a partner, bought in. I moved him in, Whatever. And that team went from being 20th place to a contender because he brought a lot of eyes to the team. He brought a lot of sponsorship dollars, and he brought talent because he was one of the drivers. Well, he brought Kevin Harvick in, too, you know, and then Mm -hmm. he brought Boyer in. And Boyer didn't do a whole lot there. Um, Well, look at at the success that we talk about with Stuart Haas Racing. You're talking a championship with Tony and two championships with Kevin. That's it. That's what we're talking about, Stuart Haas Racing being a top-tier organization. What Kevin Harvick and Richard Childress, or uh, Rodney Childress did for several years in that four-car is what made them a top-tier team. I see them as a rebuilding organization right now. Kevin's on his way out. His, he is obviously struggling with this new car or the end of his career or whatever. I see next year being his final year in the uh, with with Stuart Haas Racing and in NASCAR's full-time season. I think he makes the retirement announcement probably, you know, might be in a couple of weeks, if not before the season. And that's that's it for Kevin Harvick. Who do you have coming up behind him that you think is going to make Stuart Haas Racing a contender okay. in 2024, I guess? In 2024, I don't know. Because um, there's not really a Ford driver right now in the Xfinity series that's trying to set the world on fire. You know, the last couple of years you had Chase Briscoe, you had Austin Sendrick, you had a few guys in Fords that were, you know, yeah. really competitive and doing very well. Right now you don't have that. I mean, you got Ty Gibbs coming in and, you know, he's even, you know, not at the top of the, the heap right now in the Xfinity series. Noah Gregson's been in, in a while and he's moving to a cup car next year. Um, driving, you know, the Hendrick car here the last few races this year. I don't know what you're going to see with him, and I don't know how he signed with Petty GMS, if he signed a one-year deal or a three-year deal. But I wouldn't be surprised to a year or two down the road see him in that 48 car in a permanent yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah, and there's uh, we're talking about there's obviously talent level down in the Xfinity Series, but a lot of these guys are, are already spoken for. They, they've got contracts for the next couple of years. Uh, so it... it I see this as a rebuilding probably going to be five years. This is like any other sport. you got to get the right talent at the right organization. Uh, Brad Kozlowski. There was an article I saw post a couple of times. Congratulations to Brad on the best 
finish for RFK this season on a top five. That's kind of embarrassing that mm. they're talking about a former Cup Series champion, and that was their best finish this season. That was his best finish. Yes. Because RFK his. got a win. Yeah. Chris Buescher, he won at Bristol. Yeah. It's, and that's it. Brad was very successful at Penske, and he's trying to bring that culture over to RFK. And it's going to take a couple of years to do it. I don't see anybody coming into Stuart Haas Racing in the next couple of years that turns my head and says he he makes them, or they, could be a she, makes them a contender each and every weekend right off the bat. Well, like I said, I you know I mentioned it a couple of years ago, and now it's starting to come to fruition that Haley Deegan's the real deal. Mm-hmm. She's good. Um, I definitely think that she is probably, right now, I would say that she's my odds on favor to take over that four car. Yeah. Do you think they're a little um, contract shy after Danica Patrick didn't pan out performance-wise like they wanted to? Danica Patrick never cost them a dime. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was very careful to choose my words. I yeah. said performance-wise. But, no, I, I don't because the contract was well worth every dime, mm-hmm. you know. Um, again, it didn't pan out. She wasn't quite the racer that they were hoping she would be. But I don't think she had near enough experience in the stock cars compared to the Indy cars. Uh, I agree. She moved up a little bit too quickly for my my yeah. flavor. She well, needed a couple more years down in the Xfinity Series. Well, well, or she could have used some time in the Truck Series, wherever you get it. You yeah. know, um, Haley Deacon's had a couple seasons in the Truck Series now. I, I will not be surprised if she ends up in uh, an Xfinity ride full-time next year and then slides up into Stuart Haas into that four-car. Would not surprise me in the least. Continuing to speak about Tony Stewart, apparently there was a little bit of a debacle about him supposedly to be the Grand Marshal at Homestead at Miami Speedway last weekend for the race. On Friday, it was announced that some country singer Kip Morgan, Kip Moore, was set to be the uh, Grand Marshal instead. A spokesperson for Stewart Haas Racing said Monday, it was merely a scheduling issue that we needed to address. Tony voluntarily stepped down from the Grand Marshal position so that he had more time to engage with partners associated with Stuart Haas Racing while on site at Homestead Miami Speedway. Is this another sign that Tony Stewart's about ready to sell his stake in? No, but I think that's a polite way to say NASCAR was mad at him for what he said. (laughs) I think NASCAR stepped him down more than he did. You think so? I do. Because to be the Grand Marshal, don't take diddly squat of time. That wasn't going to hurt him from any of his sponsor obligations. I don't know. Do you remember the Brett, George Brett conversation we ever heard? <laughs> Still going to be, that's going to be one of my favorite stories. We're <laughs> two, three hours before the drop of the green flag. George Brett's walking through the media center at Kansas, and we're sitting in there uh, enjoying the, the sights and festivities. And we overhear his handler say, do you need to go to the bathroom? And George says, no, I'm fine. And she goes, you might want to go to the bathroom because this is the last four minutes you're going to have before we're, we start the race. Yeah. <laughs> he walked into the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but can you see Tony Stewart looking at that lady and go, I'll piss when I want to? <laughs> yeah, and probably where I yeah. want to. <laughs> yeah, wherever he wants to. Tony Stewart in the NASCAR world can look at somebody and go, I'm taking a break. Yeah. You'll be okay. Uh, it's interesting. We'll see what happens as this uh, story continues to develop. All right, let's talk about the results this weekend from Homestead at Miami Speedway. Kyle Larson, dominant race, led 199 of the 400 laps. One stage one, one stage two, had to wreck a guy on pit road to win it. So I don't know what that's <laughs> worth to you guys, but we'll wait on uh, Tuesday afternoon and see if NASCAR penalizes him for, for basically doing what Bubba did to him. Oh, yeah, it was exactly the same thing. Can you guys hear my tongue firmly planted <laughs> in my cheek while I'm reading this? Ross Chastain brought home in second. A.J. Allmendinger third. Austin Dillon fourth. And Brad Keselowski at top five. Truex, Hamlin, Harvick, Bush, and Suarez. Oh, man, where did my guy finish? Who did you have? Bo- uh, William Byron. I guess 12. So good point day, though. 42 points. Second in stage one. Third in stage two. Uh, what did you glean from this race? Good race? Uh, yeah, it was a good race. I mean, in all honesty, NASCAR just should have gone down to Rick Hendrick and said, look, we're just going to give you the winner's chair. Can you just 
act like he blew up and he's got to go to the garage, you know, make up some excuse. Because other than, other than him and just a couple laps when he passed Hamlin and I think there was another spot where he passed somebody, but the rest of it, you know, there was plenty of racing in the pack and they actually did a good job of showing a lot of that. Yeah. And he kind of had to when Larson at one point, I think he had a six-second six lead or oh nine seconds. And, oh, yeah, he was the clean air deal and he just, he just rock and wow. rolled and... Um, yeah, I thought it was a good race to watch, you know, outside if you didn't watch the winner. Um, then they ran a little bit with the green flag pit stops and then the deal with him hitting the 19 car. Well, if he hadn't hit the 19 car, the 19 car would have been driving down pit road and coming back for his pit stop because he was well past the point. You got to pull in towards your pits. Probably four or five pit stalls, you got to start yeah. sliding into the other lane. And, well, uh, but you're not allowed to at that point, though. You can only go through two pit stalls? Two pit stalls, but you got to move into the other lane. Oh, You I can't see. go from here. You can't just he go did. the other he way. He did. He kind of, well. You can't be in the right right hand and take a left-hand turn when there's a turn lane. Yeah. You just, you can't do that. If, I mean, when he got hit, he literally spun around 180 and ended up in his pit stall. That's, see, and he I, was one I, spot away. I think Truex was, was going to make that pit spot stop. But... I say that understanding that I think Truex got lost as to where he was. Well, that's what I'm saying. He yeah. was still going to make it, but he crammed on the brakes. Larson hit him. And again, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. NASCAR can look at the telemetry and see exactly what happened. They can compare the two cars and say, Truex hit the brakes and Larson maintained. And that's a combination for rear-ending, especially with how close you are. Yeah, when you've you're got, three inches behind, yeah. you've got no chance yeah. to, to hit the brakes. But no... I don't care what Martin Truex did. He was not going to make his pit box from where he was at. He could have slammed on the brakes and stopped, but he can't go straight left. Mm -hmm. You know, he can't crab walk sideways. <laughs> uh, Truex, who, do you feel like he was a contender to be able to challenge Kyle? No. No, no I don't. But he was a second-place car. And he ended up finishing sixth. I think he and came out 29th uh, or somewhere around the tail end of the, of the lead well, lap he, cars. Well, he was on the tail lap, tail lap of the lead lap cars, but I think it was it was like 19th or 20th. Okay. I thought they said something at that time when I was watching the recap. There was 29 lead lap cars, but I might have been one. I might be confusing with a different video I watched. But, uh, and I want to correct myself. I said uh, Larson led 199 of 400. It was 199 of 267 which calculates out to the uh, Dixie Vodka 400. So um, bad yeah. days for Chase Briscoe. Um, was he involved in an accident early? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he got himself up into the wall. And now NASCAR's got their new rule where you can't change A-frames or, or that rear tie rod end deal on pit road. So you're done at that point. Um, and it, it was really funny because they were going back and forth between the spotter, the crew chief, and the driver. They told him to take it to the garage, and then they said, "Well, if we go to the garage, we're done." And then they were going back and forth, and they took it to the garage because they weren't allowed to fix it on pit mm -hmm. road. So, Chase was the worst of the uh, playoff contenders. He uh, again, Taylor and Charlie, thirty-sixth. Next was Joey Logano in eighteenth. Ryan Blaney, seventeenth. Boy, Blaney just not having a good playoffs. You know, he he was a top five car, except he crashed himself. He ran himself into the wall. Yeah. And he admitted that in his interview. He said, yeah, I just made a mistake. Elliott, 14th. Byron, 12th. Bell, 11th. So that was your playoff contenders. How it lines out now after Homestead, um, Chase Briscoe's got to win. Him and Bell both. Yeah. Uh, Bell is sitting 33 points behind in 7th. Briscoe is 44 points behind the cut line in 8th. Blaney, uh, honestly, I'd say it too. I think, it, it, I mean, it's Martinsville, so, you know, Byron, who is five points to the good, could have a bad qualifying run at uh, Martinsville. And we could be talking about him starting in the back, and then all of a sudden, because of freight trains and not being able to get around, and uh, this could easily turn into a bad day for William Byron. Well, it, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where he qualifies, but, you know, because you could have the problem. Remember a couple of years ago when uh, Jimmy Johnson started on the front row and cut a tire down the second lap, so they pitted and they were two laps down, four laps into the race. He came back out and seven laps later, he cut the second tire down and hit the wall. <laughs> I know I picked him, so I remember that vividly. <laughs> but uh, no, William Byron, uh, they already raced this car there earlier this year and he won the race. 
So I don't expect him to be anywhere near the back as far as qualifying goes. Your four drivers that are close to being eliminated, we talked about Chase Briscoe, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin is also five points behind. He's got a fighter's chance. Oh, yeah, five points is nothing. Go out there and, and win the race, and uh, it's easy to say, but for Denny Hamlin, it's very doable. Uh, William Byron sitting fourth, five points above the cut line. Chase Elliott, 11 points above the cut line. And Ross Chastain, 19 points above the cut line. Jo- Joey Logano is the points leader going into Martinsville, but he's locked into the next round with, with his win, win yep. uh, last weekend. Uh, any news locally? I yeah, uh, I got one little snippet okay, that well, a few people will find that's kind of interesting. Well, let's hear it. Everybody from the Sunset Days remembers Wally Wilson and his son Dave that that uh, ran some pro-ams and the Grand Nationals and that type of thing. And Why do I know the name Dave Wilson? Is uh, he your buddy of yours? Yeah, you did some okay, computer work for him. Yeah. He works right over there by you. Yeah, okay. Red okay. Giant. Yes, that's right. You're right. You're right. Okay. And, uh, but his son Daniel, who as of late had been going to uh, that Northwest Ohio Tech School up there. and. Mm-hmm. And got out of school and took a job at an outfit in Oklahoma. and uh, But had spent plenty of time over the last several years. Uh, I think he did most of his helping out with uh, Billy Layton Jr. on his late model. And, yeah. But uh, I just saw the other day, and he posted it on Facebook, so I don't think it's a secret, but he's done bought himself a modified. Danny. <laughs> now, there's no body on it, huh. um, so I don't know if he's... An A mod, a B mod type situation. I mean, I'm going to take a guess for his first full size race car. I'm thinking it's probably into the sport mod category, but I can't say that for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was kind of exciting well, to see that. And, That's awesome. And him and his girlfriend went to a animal rescue and picked up a dog. <laughs> Hopefully, they didn't go weekend. to Tully's kennel. Huh? Hopefully, they didn't go to Tully's kennel. Tully's Kennels in Omaha, and they live in Oklahoma, so okay. I don't think they did. Good. Even no. though I've known the Tully family for a oh. long time. I've, I've had some uh, ethical disagreements oh. with the way they do things. but Yeah, I'm sure. I just, I'm scrolling through Facebook tonight, and I saw the Stock, Crown, Stock Car Crown Summer Series is going to be returning in 2023. They're going to do an East and a West Series. Looks like the East Series is going to encompass South Dakota and Iowa. The West Series is going to encompass Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, looks like a $30,000 points fund between the two series. So hopefully we'll be getting more information about that coming up in the next... Oh, look at that dog. Now, why you got to distract me with pictures of dogs? Come on now. And that's a, the, the car. Yep. Oh. All right. Uh, Stock Car Crown Summer Series. We'll get Scott or somebody from the series on the show, probably around the time of the, uh, the World of Wheels. Boy, I'm, I'll tell you, we're a couple of months away from that, but I'm already telling people they're coming on the show. It's going to be a busy weekend for us again. Oh, good. But I don't like sitting at that booth not doing anything. I also did see, and maybe that's what you're coming. Nope, that's still the 2023. The points fund? Yeah, I saw the points payout. Yeah. Uh, points payout or the points results? The payout. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan Grabowski won it by two points over Kyle Vanover, and that was a $2,000 point difference. Grabowski takes home a $4,000 check. Vanover takes home a $2,000 check. I don't think I'd mention this to you. Might as well do it while we're on the show. Uh, we need to do a series champion interview. Super late model East, super late model West, stock car crown summer series. Get them all down here at once and do a bunch of interviews. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe we should try we'll and get that, that down at the CHI because that's a lot of ego to fit in this little room. It is. That's absolutely <laughs> true. That's absolutely true. Austin Bronner brings it home in second place. Jed Williams in third and Jeff Ware in fifth. Good run for Jeff Ware. I've always liked that guy ever since watching him in the Hobby Stocks at Eagle. But first year moving into the uh, stock cars and uh, got a fifth place finish for the Stock Car Crown Summer Series. Yep. Good job for him. Uh, yeah, so again, uh, the 2023 announcement. Just tentative information right now. There's going to be an East and a West Series with over $30,000 paid out. What do you see here? I mean, that's... Yeah, probably about 14, give or take. Awards and payout will be presented January 20th. we got to get invited to that, or at least I do. <laughs> uh, good job there for the uh, the Dirt Crown guys uh, <laughs> finally putting together a series that, that they're able to actually run. That, yeah, that actually happened. <laughs> Stock Car Crown Summer Series presented by Herbster Angus Farms. Those guys did a fantastic job. They added a ton of money to the purse, ton of contingency prizes, so good job with those guys. 
Uh, really happy to see them having some success and, and at least announcing that they're going to be back in it in uh, 2023. Got anything else? No, uh, just not a whole lot local going on right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, Jesus. Jackson Southoff won the Modifieds down at uh, Beatrice. We didn't even talk about this, all the fires that are going on in uh, Nebraska. When hopefully it's dry, all that it's got, dry. Yeah, hopefully all that got uh, put out over the last day as uh, it rained most of Monday. But uh, I like, think that was mostly the Omaha area. Uh, more in Lincoln. Yeah. They had a bunch of uh, outs, the outlier areas of Lincoln. A lot of people got evacuated. And I want to say it was a state patrol. It might have been Lancaster County, but I was thinking the state patrol had come on and, and uh, requested that if people had uh, sprinkler systems and stuff like that on, that they fire them up. Yeah. You know, if they were in that area to try. And they also wanted the, uh, uh, the guys with irrigation pivots to fire them up if they could do it safely. And, uh, you know, try and wet down some of those dry fields. And, of course, the winds they had Sunday were blowing. Yeah. You know, one little piece of corn husk could take off and set three fields on fire. Yeah, it's uh, terrible stuff. So if you're fighting that stuff, uh, uh, best of luck to you. And, and let anybody on Facebook know how we can help out. But water is important, and um, we're not getting enough of it in this area anymore. Nope. That's going to do it for us for today. Uh, big thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. If you guys have uh, any questions or comments, you can always message us on the Front Stretch Facebook page. You can send us an email, frontstretchpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice note over the Anchor app. It comes right into our, our phones, and then we can listen and respond that way. I can also pull that audio clip off and use it during the show sometimes, so i got to figure out that. But if you guys have any thoughts, questions, comments, what do you think about how the, uh, the Dirt Crown's going? How do you think the Stock Car Crown Summer Series is going? Uh, what are your thoughts on Kyle Vanover finishing second? I mean, I never heard of her before, but she did a good job this year. So, <laughs> uh, You're so proud of yourself on that one. Uh, it's the best I got. Join us November 6th at Quaker Steak and Lube. That is a Sunday. That is going to be our Phoenix Championship viewing party. It's a great time. It's a lot of fun. I think you guys have a good time. And I heard that we um, may be able to get the all-you-can-eat wings deal going on. That day, exclusively for the front stretch. Uh, we'll get you more details about that coming up on our Facebook page. And then come back the next night. Two nights in a row at Quaker Steak and Lube. That ain't a bad thing. We're going to do the Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews, and we're going to do the Triple Atomic Challenge wings. By we, I mean me and Jordan Grabowski. Um, no interviews on the 31st. We're going to take uh, Halloween off. I'm going to, uh, that's one of my favorite holidays, so I'm going to enjoy that. And then we'll be back at it for the live interviews on the uh, November 7th. We're going to schedule, I'm thinking, Shelby County Speedway on the 14th. Um. Yeah, I mean, that works for me, I would and then think. We'll try to hit up some Beatrice tracks, but I think we're, we need to probably get a little bit more momentum behind this, but I really, really want to go out to, like, Columbus or somewhere centrally located between Albion and US 30. Well, we did try to get that lined up last year. Yeah, and, we did. And, uh, I mean, it was just slow, and, and people wouldn't make any commitment. Yep. And, uh, you know, so... You we know, ended we, up having to cancel it because the I think the two or three drivers we had committed, uh, two of them had to drop off because of work commitments. And so at that point yeah. in time, we were just like, it's not worth us driving all the way out there for one interview, unfortunately. so. And Well, and that's why uh, we went out and we tried to get those guys scheduled out at the uh, swap meet yeah. at Columbus. And we really didn't get a whole lot of excitement in that either. And, you know, if they don't want to talk to us, you know, we can't force them. But uh, for us to invest... You know, time, a uh, little bit of electricity for Dan's car to get out there and back. Um, <laughs> the 18 cents it cost me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that kind of stuff. You know, it is, uh, um, you know, we, we need to make it worth our while. So, you know, if we can get six or eight interviews, then, you know, That's we're totally more than willing to time. come out there and, uh, you know. Uh, what would we have tonight? Three? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's worth it for us to come to Council Bluffs. Especially for me, it's right across... Right down the hill from my, my, from house. my house. It's so. no problem at all. But to drive out to Albion or Columbus or, or you know, somewhere way out west for, for three interviews is a little bit tougher. But, you know, 
uh, we are definitely going to try to do that because we, we understand that for those guys that are out at US 36, out at Boone County Raceway, it, that's a long drive for them, especially like Austin that came over tonight and he's out in the Des Moines area. That's a long drive for 140 him. 140-mile drive. You know. So we're, you know, we're empathetic to that a little bit. We try to get out that way. So we're, we're trying to get more track championship interviews getting done. Make sure to uh, follow along to the Facebook uh, the Front Stretch Facebook page, so that way we can get you details on exactly when uh, we're going to be doing those, and then hopefully you can come out and join us, because I certainly missed Mama Nancy tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she had, uh, sounds like she had quite the wild trip up to Minnesota. Yeah, I saw that, too. Her <laughs> Facebook page was uh, quite uh, quite entertaining. Yep, That's that good it was. That and uh, sorry. if you drive up here next Sunday, you will know if the wing special's on, if you see a uh, uh, a refrigerated trailer out back, <laughs> <laughs> holding all the extra wings they're yeah. going to need. Yeah, James is. I think James is going to definitely. I would say he's probably going to be good for about. You know what? He's going to be good for twenty-three wings. James, the challenge has been laid down. Well, what about the eleven? What about the eleven? He doesn't race for twenty-three eleven racing. Yeah. Well, then I think he probably needs to be good for forty-five wings. All right. We'll see what he can do. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Gillen, champion from I-80 Speedway, going to join us in turn number two. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs for all the great food, sights, sounds, and oh, the smells. All the great food over at Quaker Steak and Lube. By the way, don't forget to join us November 6th for the Phoenix NASCAR Championship Pick'em's Contest Championship Party. It's sure all it's in not, one. Sure, it's not, not, not one or two more championships in there? Might be. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, that's going to be going on uh, November 6th, Sunday, November 6th. And uh, I think I set the start time at like 1230 uh, because I think the race starts at 2. Yeah, I, I think 2 is correct. And like always, we'll have some cash pools. We're going to change those up a little bit this year. So we'll have a few more winners is kind of the goal on that deal. And uh, we'll play some trivia and all that stuff we usually do. Hey, speaking of winners, we're sitting down with the 2022 Hobby Stock Track Champion at IED Speedway, Ryan Gillen. How you doing, bud? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know, having a good time, having fun. Yep. You enjoying yourself? Oh, yeah. What do you got there? Just... Eh, there might be a little rum in there. All right. <laughs> a little bit's not <laughs> a bad thing. Loosen up to be able to talk. <laughs> uh, final track championship at I-80 Speedway. Uh, you were able to pick that baby up. And I, I apologize, I, I don't have your history uh, known to heart, but is this your first championship? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been a contender in it for a couple of years, uh, trying to win one around the area, and I want to say you got pretty close at Eagle like a year or two ago. Yeah, we've been close at Eagle, and uh, we've been real close at Beatrice, and just never could quite get it done. I think going into that night, the championship at IED Speedway, 
No, according to, I mean, you only you finished by one point. I think you had a pretty substantial lead over Cheyenne Purchase going into that final night, didn't you? I did. I was a uh, 14-point lead going into the night. And, uh, yeah, we went out for the heat race. And uh, I hot-lapped the car. We changed the, the whole setup, which I don't know if it was a good thing or not, but for the last points night. But we, we thought we found something, and we tried it at Eagle, you know, and it worked good. So we thought we'd try it there the last night. And uh, so we did that, and I took the car out for hot laps, and it ran really good, and it handled really good. So I thought we had something there, and then went out for the heat race, and the first lap the transmission went out in the car. Oh. <laughs> so uh, it just happened to be that uh, I brought my spare car just because I knew stuff like that would happen. Yeah. And Joe told me before the races, he says, well, the only way you could run your spare car is if it qualifies for the A feature. So it had to run the heat race. So Neil Pella, good buddy of mine, works on his car in my shop, and we help each other. He ran it for the heat race. So lucky enough, I had him do that, and uh, I had to use that car. So my, my two options, Joe said, was change transmissions, and I would have started eighth that night. Or second option was run my backup car start 20th and i did the math in my truck on an envelope and uh <laughs> i knew i had to get within uh five spots of cheyenne unless she won then i had to get within four yeah and she started third oh so i went from 20th to seventh and i'm still not sure quite how that happened and how it worked <laughs> but uh it, it did yeah see that i and i i I saw somebody bring this up that I remember it happened in years before that I, the way you were able to run your backup car was because Neil Pella qualified it. Correct. Okay. And yep. so then you were able to do a driver swap. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm trying to think back to, to how that happened with the last person, but. Well, I can yeah. tell you how it's happened about two dozen times. And is it, but, is that pretty consistent? Well, it's the, that's what the rule book says, but no, it's not consistent because okay. different race directors did it different ways okay. at I-80 Speedway. Yeah. So. Uh, so pretty suspenseful night. Like, as you're watching those laps wind down, are you trying to do the math in your head and you feel like, okay, I'm good, I'm con- I, I, I made it? Or, like, we were talking with Stu Snyder, and he didn't know if he'd won the championship, especially since he pulled into the pits and his wife wasn't there. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, we gave it away. Yeah, yeah. No, I... Uh, I, I did not know for sure, but I was definitely out there trying to count cars. And at one point in time, I was up to fourth or fifth, and we had a yellow, so then I had to go back, and she was in, Cheyenne was in second at the time. And I think she was almost close to going to the lead a couple times, too. So I was counting cars. I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta get at least you know a couple more cars, and then... Um, the last lap I dropped, I was in sixth and then I dropped back to seventh and I thought she got second, which she did, but I wasn't sure. So I, if my math was correct, I'm like, I won by one point, but I'm not going to, so I did, I went back to the pits and everybody thought the same thing I did, but I was waiting for Joe or somebody to announce it. Cause I wasn't sure. And yeah. I, so I really didn't celebrate yet because so I didn't want to pre-celebrate you know you spent a lot of time looking at the scoreboard coming down the front straightaway is what you're telling me. yeah <laughs> yes i did when I did, did you find out that you officially won it um i actually walked over to the the pit check there and asked lisa and uh or not lisa but uh uh shelby shelby and she says she looked in her computer and she's like yep it says right here you won by one point oh. and then a little bit later joe came over to the trailer and congratulated me and Said good job, you know, and he just yeah, he couldn't believe I. Joe didn't even mess with you. No. Oh, Joe no. should have messed with you. Should've. Joe should have come over and told you you were being set back one spot for rough driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I mean even I think you would have had a tiebreaker, right? Because you got three wins on the year, and I think she got one. Um. Yes. Yeah. I got three, and yeah, she got one. Uh, but it goes by two points. So, right, so, so one position would have been she that been far up. Yeah, it would have been two points. So yep. put, oh, yeah. Yeah, Dirk was right. Yeah. But a good season for you. Like I said, three wins on the year, 12 top fives, 13 top tens. Uh, it was a little bit of a fickled season with the hobby stocks. Sometimes we'd get 18, 20. Other times we'd get 10. Was it a little bit frustrating to show up and be like, is anybody going to be here tonight? Who's going to be here tonight? Yeah, it was. Uh you know, I just wish more people would have came out and supported the track. And 
because I mean it's it's one of the best tracks I've ever raced at and it's a good time and you know I just I don't get why the hobbies wouldn't more people wouldn't come every week you know yeah it's it's always been like that I mean I was involved with the hobby back in 06 07 and 08 I think and uh, one of the years in there they only ran they were only scheduled six times yeah you know and they were and that's when Jesse Sobbing was first starting yeah yeah, and, and by the way, was that backup hobby that Neil drove? Was that the one that got destroyed down the road at Eagle? It was no, the one that got destroyed at Eagle um, got destroyed. Got destroyed. <laughs> it's it's fixed now. Oh. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have fixed it, but we fixed it. Um, no, that car was the one Murray Hogg and a buddy of mine race um, races for me whenever we go to like specials and stuff. He races it, but he actually, I'm sure you guys seen the video at that special at Corning, Iowa. Mm-hmm. That rollover in turn one? Yeah. That was oh, that okay. car. Okay. So, and it's fixed now, too. Wow. So, he'll be racing at, at Beatrice next week, <laughs> this weekend. Um, that, that car's had plenty of fixing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, as good of a year as we've had, there was a lot of bad times, too. Yeah. So, and a lot of time in the shop. It, it seems, watching the hobby stocks at I-80, that in, it's a lot like the sport compacts where it's all about keeping your momentum up. And it's high side a lot of the times. You guys are all running up there against the wall. How do you pick when, you, when, when it's time to pass a car? Because you, you really have to, I mean, it's tough enough to pass a car, but you've got to do it at the right time, like when they break their momentum and you've got your momentum up and, and running. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it was really hard to pass somebody down low, even if you're running high and you'd be on their bumper. If you went one lane down below them, it was just tough. Um, I, I had honestly had more, I think, luck at just going one lane higher most of the time because yeah. they weren't really looking for that. As long as it wasn't too marbly up there, it normally worked, sticked, and you could go, you know, because when they come out of the corner, they're kind of coming down, and if you're a lane above them, you're just on the high side of them, and if, if you can get up beside them on the back stretch or the front stretch, then you kind of have the high line going in. Yeah. You're running it, crater or claimer? Uh, claim. Yeah, I, they, they just don't have the bottom end with that little two-barrel carburetor to run that bottom. Right. That's all there is to it. Yeah, but the, the car that I – my backup car, that had a crate in it. But I ran a claim all year. so And got claimed every week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> We're talking with Ryan Gillen, driver of the number 46, the 2022 I-80 Speedway uh, track champion. What are some of the other big wins you got off this season? Um, we won at uh, Eagle. Um, we got one win there, which we could have got got some more than that. But Dylan Richards, he's just tough to beat. But he's in stock car now, so maybe I'll have a little better chance at winning I more think, than one. Yeah, I, I think you and maybe one other person want to want a hobby stock feature at Eagle, other than Dylan Richards. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, well, Tyler he won Jackson. Won the national title, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. 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 So yeah, he's tough to beat. So I, you know, I uh, I'm glad to see him go to stock car because he'll do good there too. Uh, you're not moving into stock cars? I would like to, but I'll probably do hobbies one more year and then maybe move up. Yeah. So. Yeah, it seems like stock cars are definitely a growing class. I mean, it, I mean, when you get, what, we had 50-some for the... No. Hey, Anthony, how many stock cars did we have for the Cornhusker? 75? 63. Yeah. Seven, I mean, you get that many stock cars that, that challenge the sport mods for the biggest class. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely growing. So it used to be big down in Beatrice, you know, when they kind of first started, and then it kind of died off, and nobody around here really raced them too much. Yeah. But it's, it's coming back now. All right, uh, we'll talk to you probably uh, next year sometime around the World of Wheels Car Show to get you set for the 2023 season. But why don't you thank some of those great sponsors that help you yeah, get up and down the road? I made a cheat sheet because I'll forget. <laughs> that's, so. that's the best way to do it. Jacob, have you wrote your cheat sheet yet for your sponsors? You're good. You got them all up there? All right, we'll see. He, he wins enough. He's got it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got to thank Kurt Aginaw at Burrow Track and Realty, uh, Concrete Corrections, Ironwood Builders, Jet Racing, Extreme Motorsports Race Wraps, Stone Cold Restorations, uh, 5-2 Customs, Lincoln Wind Electric, Paul Scholl Construction, Gillen Builders, Gillen Electric, Greg and Bridget Thornburg, uh, Chris Langdale, and then I got to thank my wife, my daughter, Callie, uh, Fielder. He's 
there every week I race. Uh, Jeff, he's always there in the pits with me on Saturdays at Eagle. Neil, Travis, Talia, Trevor, Remington, my mom and dad, my brother Skyler, uh, his boys, Zachary and Michaela, Jaden, Sean, Brad. And then I also want to thank, you know, uh, Joe and Steve, just the great job they've done at the track. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everything there. I wish I would have raced their prior years, you know, but it was also fun at Beatrice racing to you. But it just, I don't know, it's just a different atmosphere there. They're just, they're just good people. And, and I, had a, I had a really good time there and just sad to see it go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Gillen, driving the number 46. Uh, I didn't ask you this. What do you do for a living? Um, electrician. Got electrical business. Okay. And we also uh, build houses, too. Kind of a, kind of a side gig. Can so. I give you a tip uh, that you probably already know? Uh, when you're cutting siding away from a house to install a, an, a, a box, uh, don't cut towards your face. <laughs> so. Yeah, that probably won't turn out too good. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> I almost lost my eye. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I got the job done, <laughs> even with a big old piece of gauze on the side of my face to oh. get it to stop bleeding. But anyways, that's a tricky job. I've, I've always joked with electricians that, you know, you know real quick when, you, when you've accidentally grabbed a hot wire. Yeah. Yeah. It don't take long to figure out that you messed up. That's for sure. And uh, you don't want to mess up too bad because you might not be here. Yeah. When was the last <laughs> time you shocked yourself? Uh, it's been a while, but I was messing around, working on live wires and talking on my phone. Of course, so I wasn't paying total attention, and then it, it zapped me pretty good. Stand on a concrete floor, too. So, Did your phone get more of a charge in it after you did that? Uh, my phone went flying because my <laughs> arm went straight out. And... <laughs> all right. Yeah. I come with you. Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, all right. How can people get a hold of you if they need some electrical work? Yeah, you can just uh, give me a call. I got a Facebook page, uh, Gillen Builders. You can get a hold of me on there, or else uh, give me a ring at Gillen Electric at uh, 402-239-1006. Commercial and residential? Yep. All right, then. Good job. Appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was Ryan Gillen, driving the number uh, 46 Hobby Stock, your 2022 track champion at I-80 Speedway. That's going to do it for us for today's show. Dirk and I will be back uh, on Thursday. We'll get you set for the weekend of racing to come. We'll cover any news. And we're going to talk with the little Hooterville hustler about his modified track championship at I-80 Speedway. Uh, for Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch, presented by Joe's Carding. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the Front Stretch and the home of MAV-TV, featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around the professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube.